We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in, whether you're watching this on video, whether you're listening to this. An audio, I appreciate you all. Um, most of you are listening to this and not watching. And let, let me unpack a couple of things and then we'll get into uh, today's show. A lot to unpack, actually. Starting today with this episode, Talking Buffalo is now weekdays, every day, Monday through Friday during the week. Um, Monday, I'll be joined by my guests, who I'll introduce to you in just a second here. Tuesdays is going to be... Uh, rotation of recurring guests, mainly Joe Yurden and uh, PK from Buffalo Sports Collective. Then on our Wednesday show, mainly either Aaron Quinn or Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings will be on. Thursdays is going to be a solo show, interactive with fans who send in questions and comments, polls, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And then Friday will be my variety show where sometimes I'll still be live from Imperial Pete's. Other times uh, we'll do interviews remotely, or maybe I might have someone in their studio with me, but that'll be a different guest. Uh, Every week. As for today, joined in person, actually, for the first time. This is the first time we've actually done video here, Talking Buffalo, with someone else in studio. Um, a longtime friend of mine, and I'll tell you what, if you say you're a fan of the show, and if you've been a fan of the show from day one, and I mean literally from day one, this is episode, I think, 617. Episode one, very first episode ever. My man Tone Bucks was on with me. It was a Sal Capaccio interview, and then you did a segment afterwards. I don't know if you even remember that. Yeah. By the way, if you're again, if you're watching this, you could see if you're listening. I'm joined by a good friend of mine who's going to be doing the show with me every Monday, taping on Sunday nights. Tone Bucks, what's going on, dude? What's up, man? I I don't think I had any idea that I was on the very first one. You were like absolutely none whatsoever. What did we talk about? I don't remember. <laughs> Come on, I do man. know you were on. I know Sal Capaccio was my, my first guest, did a good 50-minute interview with him, and we didn't even talk bills. We talked about his life and his career. Um, and then you were on afterwards. I'm sure we talked. Uh, well, it was February. It was February 2018 when it launched. So we weren't talking about any NFL action for sure. Um, probably wrapping up something with uh Bill's postseason. 
you're on the episode, the second one too, because I had Tim Graham on. He was episode two. Then I had a writer on, some no-name writer. That was a bad episode right off the bat. And then number four, I, I believe Tyler Dunn was one of the first guests too. But anyway, Tone was on with me when I first started this podcast when I was living in Florida. And then kind of, I don't know, life just happened. Long story short, it's been three and a half years since you've been on this podcast. I looked it up. December 2019 was the last time you were on. What, y'all? Uh... All right, what'd you say was the number as far as number of podcasts? 600. I think this is episode 617. All right. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna say when you first launched, man, I don't think, you know, the, the betting line for your over-under would have been much more than about 100. <laughs> All right. If we got up That's to, fair. if we got up to six something, um, you probably could have scored that at, at like, I don't know, man. Probably you probably could have scored that exactly the way you could have scored the the Bucks to win the South that I blew, uh, which was plus a thousand. Um, <laughs> and yeah, man. I, I mean, it it. Uh, congrats! All right, congrats. I I throw around compliments like manhole covers, but um, six hundred plus and keeping it new, keeping it innovative, all that shit. You know, I mean, one thing I've always said is, is it's so corny how people go on to a podcast and the first thing they do for the first five minutes is just compliment the shit out of each other. Yeah. I had no interest in being that guy, <laughs> but, um, yeah, good for you, man. Good for you. Let me, uh, let, let me paint a little bit of a picture too, for, for people who are watching and listening who, who, who don't know you or me, you know, they weren't listening to the podcast from, uh, the very origin of it. We've known each other. Tone and I have known each other since, I guess this makes me feel so old saying it, but it is what it is. And it's like the mid eighties, man. You know, we've known each other. We grew up together on the West side of Buffalo. So on this episode on Mondays, I mean, today will be pretty much straightforward football talk because we just got a lot to get to being week one, but you'll hear a lot of tales, a lot of stories from, you know, us growing up together. Um, a lot of ball busting. That's there'll be some sure. ribbon. There will definitely be some ribbon. Be some there'll ribbon. be some ball busting. Just it'll be cool for people, I, I think, anyway, to uh just have two people talk, like I said, who just know each other as well as we do. I would definitely say, are we frenemies? Is that is that a fair a fair term? I don't I don't think we're enemies. Rival, we're rivals. Like we have rivalries with everything. I don't think enemies. So in frenemies might not work, but well, you you kind of need the other person to you know to to be good at something, <laughs> you know, for a rivalry. And I, I think. Being that our athletic days are behind us, our, our rivalries these days, you know, often center around the the fantasy uh, universe and your um, just, you know, your complete falling off in fantasy baseball, baseball bad. Um, has been epic, bro. I mean, it's been it, I mean, it's a it's a fall off. It's it, a, is. it is a fall off. Man. It was fantasy baseball was frustrating this year. I finished dead last in the league too for the first time. We've been in a league together for thir thirteen years. By the way, we've so each won. Bad, bro. There I are some really, really bad guys in that league to be finishing last. It, it, it was bad. Well, you know what? As frustrating as it is to finish last, I take a little bit of comfort in you losing in the first round. So I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. No, I wasn't, man. Three years, or uh, not three, 13 years we've been doing that league. To be fair, we each have won three championships. I just haven't won shit in a long time. I won like three of the first uh, four years, but I've been irrelevant, quite honestly. Now, well, I mean, that's the trade-off. That's the trade-off for the, uh, you know, 6,000 podcasts or whatever. <laughs> you've so on this show, like I said, we'll be talking Bills in the NFL, of course, but not just football, man. Plenty of Sabre stuff. We'll be talking about other sports. 
Um, Tony does officiating. So I kind of like, whether I like it or not, there's going to be a lot of ref talk going on on this show when I have you on. Like when we're breaking down games, I'm sure you're going to have some thoughts on the officiating um, at times. So we'll have plenty of sports talk, like I said, some pop culture stuff. We'll have a regular segment or two. And then, like I said, just a bunch of stories from dudes who have known each other um, since the mid-80s. Before we do bust balls and get into stuff, though, I, I do want to say on a serious note, part of the reason, at least, it's you haven't been on the show in a long time for a lot of reasons. One of them, at least one of them anyway, also your general laziness or unmotivation to, to want to do the show yeah, with me. Yeah, I've asked you for of that. a million times. A ton of that. But on a serious note, um, you and your girlfriend were fostering two children and now legally adopted them. So I want to put it up there on the screen if you're watching. Tell us about the kids, man. These, these are two good-looking kids. I got a chance to meet them at your uh, adoption party a couple weeks ago. No, nah, man, they're awesome, dude. They're awesome. Um, you're right. You know, I mean, they, they they definitely have taken some uh, some free time away. You know, I mean, I'm supposed to be, you know, I mean, I'm supposed to be like free right now. My my mm -hmm. uh, youngest, my former youngest, is uh is like uh, like 19 or 20 now. Wait, he ain't hit 20 yet. 20 that'll be kind of big for him. Um, but yeah, like I was out of, you know, I mean, I was out, I was yeah. out, man. And, and then, uh, you know, then I got back in circumstances being what they, being what they were. And, uh, I can't help myself, man. I, you know, I mean, I just, I'm super, uh, just super drawn to kids and their story is going to be an awesome story. It's awesome already, but it's just going to get awesomer. And it was cool to, uh, it was cool to have you there. You know, you drew the invite uh, and, you know, you hadn't met the kids a whole bunch, but you, you know, you do the invite cause you always had a lot of interest in, you know, some of the sure. stories and some of it was just, you know, me complaining about how exhausted I am and how the fuck I ended up starting <laughs> over at like 50 or some shit, but yeah. it was good to have you at the, uh, adoption party. I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't think that you were going to put quite the dent in the, uh, in the candy that you did, but <laughs> Like I got, I, I, I got a fat Bob spread going on and everything like that. And I look over and, and your ass is at, is at the candy table, like, like and a like, dessert table, like, like Costanza at a shrimp table, bro. I mean, you were just, I don't going in on the candy. Well, it's just good. There, there ended up being enough for everybody, but, um, yeah, man, sweet tooth, huh? Yeah, dude. I'll tell you. <laughs> I, so I went with, with our friend Scully, who I'm sure will be brought up on this podcast plenty in, uh, these episodes to come. And yeah, it was like a bunch of things that I never have anymore. I had to have, like, I, I, was, I ate about a million sweetest fish at that party. Like I said, a bunch of sweet treats. Um, you did have Fat Bob's, which I honestly did not have one bite of. None. <laughs> None, bro? I did have None? some. I had some Lenovo because you had Lenovo pizza there, too. And then I had a couple. And like, that was also for the kids, just by the way. <laughs> the, the, the pie was just for the kids that didn't want to mess with that. And a couple of root beers, which Bob's. I never have. Like that pure sugar kind of root beer, too. That shit was really good, actually. Johnny Ryan's, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was you really good, skipping man. Johnny Ryan's. What was funny, though, is you mentioned Scully. Is there, I got, like, Fat Bob's and Johnny Ryan's, like, you know good ass pop and he's a pop guy right mm -hmm. what's my man going after a lenovo's pie and some diet coke and just you know he stuck with what was familiar <laughs> and he stuck with what was what was familiar which i like but yo you mentioned not having any of the fat bobs dude we ended up with like way 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 more than you know than we bargained for as far as the food concern we actually had no idea that there were a whole nother platters underneath the table for round two 
Oh, really? And we brought so much home, man. I, I, I just, I felt so gross last week. All I did was eat that leftover food, man, all week <laughs> long. I mean, I was, I was a, a mess. Yeah. A mess. I, like I said, but I good time, man. Good no, time. It was a good time. And like I said, in, in all seriousness, before we bust any balls, congratulations, man. That's, that's a really, really cool thing. I'm proud of you for that. And it'll be cool to, to see the boys come up and, and do some great things and it'll be fun to watch you snap on them every now and then too i'm sure so i know i'm gonna be the exact same i'm gonna be the exact same way i thought i would like maybe like tone down or something like that but you know it's athletically i'm speaking but but you know, once they start playing some sports man i'm gonna be the, the exact same dude <laughs> that i was yeah. with, with with the first three very remedial athletes that i have <laughs> all right so we'll get into some bills talk here in just a few minutes before that like i said we're taping this pretty late here in my home studio on a sunday night week one of the nfl kind of i feel like well, we're going around the league a little bit I, I i feel like we have to start with the miami game um we just got done watching it less than an hour ago um i don't know dude that that team is really good. I mean, their top players played like top players when it mattered most. We were talking a little bit. I, I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but I said Tyreek Hill might be the best, um, certainly the most dangerous non-quarterback in the entire NFL. He just took that game over with his speed. And two of, what do you throw, 466 yards passing. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 11 catches for 215 yards, just unbelievable. And the Miami defense, who couldn't do anything, it seemed, for 58 minutes. And that last drive, when the Chargers had the ball and a chance to to win the game, only down two, the, the pass rush took over. And Phillips got home twice over the last three plays. I mean, obviously, you know, from a Bills perspective, you're going to keep your eyes on Miami is probably as much, if not more, than any other team around the league right now. I don't know. It was just, I was really impressed to go into uh, LA. Week one and and win and come from behind to win too. It's just uh, got to give it up to Miami. I was just really impressed with them today. Well, if you want, if you want some good Sunday football takes, all right, about the uh, the slate that uh, that just finished up, which is I, I mm-hmm. guess when we'll be when we'll be taping these. Um, let me just say, I am not your guy. Okay, <laughs> I, I am probably likely to catch about two minutes of of uh, of of every football game that's out there. You know, see the aforementioned uh, two little kids. But we watched that though. We I mean, did. We here. did. I got I got here enough time to watch Miami. I mean, believe me, man. I mean, I'm following it. All right. I just as as is the case, you know, with with baseball too, and a lot of sports, man. I mean, I've I'm I've gotten away from sitting in front of the television and watching it, and I just. I'm I'm often following it um, online, and you know I get a fair enough feel for the way that the game went online. But I also, you know, unless I unless I take a look at the stats or something like that, like I can't tell you who, um, you know, may have blown it up passing today or or, or right. something, something like that. Um, and I'm certainly not, you know, breaking down any film, but you know I have a thought or two, you know, on the games and and on the Miami game. Yeah, man. I mean they. I, I had a feeling it was going to be a good one. I, I did, um, especially just by the law of averages. You know, once, uh, you know, some of those afternoon ones that I was looking forward to ended up being clunkers. Um, yeah. I, I felt like I felt like Miami and, and, and the Chargers, just, again, law of averages would, uh, you know, w- wouldn't disappoint, and it didn't. And Hill was a freak. Um, McDaniel has a second year uh, now, you know, with, with, with how to use him. 
and they got plays from their defense, you know, when they needed it. They're going to be around, man. I mean, they just today they looked like they're going to be around. And look, I know there are a lot of people who might disagree when I say Tyree Kill is maybe the most dangerous non-quarterback. A lot of people say Jefferson from Minnesota is, and that's fair. But this guy's just a game changer, man. It always seems at the biggest moments, he flew behind J.C. Jackson, who's a good corner for that one long touchdown. And it's just, like I said, their, their playmakers just made the plays. And I again, Tua just played really, he had one bad interception, it was an ugly pass. And there's times where he short arms the balls. I think consistency is going to be his issue at some point. But that that offense is just lethal. And then the defense, which blows my mind how they're not how they didn't play better for three and a half quarters because you 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 forgot they even had Bradley Chubb. You kind of mentioned that. I they, did. they got some ballers on that how defense, man. Holland didn't really do too much. Two um, off the edge. I mean, yeah, that, Chubb Chubb and Phillips off the edge, man. And then Wilkins closing the pocket. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's. But, big stuff up front and they don't they don't necessarily suck on the you know on the back end either can you see and again people by the time they're watching or listening to this on monday they're probably already consumed their monday morning you know nfl um review shows on like espn and nfl network and stuff i, I feel like hate them all <laughs> yeah i'm not a big fan either man i, I don't watch that much one of them. you know i've talked about a lot on this show I think a lot of these pregame or, or postgame shows have just become like hot take contests. You know, say whatever it is that you know a fan base, like especially like Buffalo, where it seems like Bills fans are sensitive to everything negative said about them. Um, I, I think a lot of people out there just criticize the Bills for effect because they know it's going to result in clicks and watching the, 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 the clips on Twitter and, and shit like that. So I, I feel like a lot of people do that intentionally to, to troll. Um, Bills fans. But anyway, I, I feel like Miami is going to be the talk of Monday morning around the league. And in fairness, to go on the road and beat the Chargers and have your quarterback who's coming off, you know, a lot of questions with him with the head going for 466 yards and you're, you're, you know, your money making wide receiver having over 200 yards. It's deserved. You know, I, I have to give it up to them based on at least this game. Um, they're one and oh. And it certainly looks like they're going to be a problem for the Bills this year. That that's for damn sure, man. Yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the angle. Certainly, that uh, what's tomorrow's game on ESPN? Bills. And, yeah. All right. I mean, that's certainly the angle that I that's going to be talked up tomorrow when you've got two. Uh, well, tonight. You know, two tonight. Yeah. Uh, two <laughs> two East contenders mm -hmm. and the Bills and the Jets going at it, and you got the first look at what uh, what Miami might be about. I mean, I think the. The narrative there is going to be, hey, it looks like the the AFC East has the potential to be every bit as good as everybody thought because Miami, you know, Miami checked their box yes uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. They um, they're 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 going to be a problem for sure. And uh, that defense kind of reminds me in a way like when the Bills' offense is clicking, the Bills' defense doesn't have to be dominant. You just got to make a couple plays. That's how the Chiefs have been winning for years. You know what I mean? The offense just dominates. And with the Chiefs' defense, just make a money play when it matters, and that's kind of what Miami did on Sunday. Did did the Chargers get after uh, to it all? Is is, is Bosa and and see, here's here's where me not watching obviously uh, you know shows itself. Bosa and 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 Mac both in the lineup, uh, healthy. You know, were they getting after? They, I don't Tua know. At all? I don't know how many sacks they had, but they definitely pressured him. Um, I, I thought Tua played really well. Again, he had a really really bad interception. It was an inexcusable. Um, interception he threw to JC Jackson in the end zone too. But uh 
that aside, I, I thought he played really well. Got rid of the ball pretty quick. He didn't seem afraid to hold on to it when he needed to to have time to make plays. They got, I thought they might miss Kaseki, but they didn't. I mean, I don't even know the guy's names, but they had a couple tight ends making catches. That uh, Braxton Burials had a couple really nice catches too. He's a good slot receiver. He's got that Cole Beasley in him, man. Oh, actually, I played some Madden the other day where where Burials, (laughs) (laughs) Burials, I was like, oh, shit, the Dolphins got Burials. Yeah. Yeah, they're good, man. Um, New England, we didn't didn't really watch much of that game, but uh, it's funny because they play competitive against quite possibly the best team in the NFL, the most uh, complete team in the NFL anyway. And um, they were down 16-0 early on. It was like we were on Twitter, not we, but a lot of people were on Twitter laughing at them. Uh, Mac Jones threw a really ugly uh, pick six and looked lazy even trying to bring down Darius Slay. Darius Slay is the one who ran it back to the house. But from that point on, they played really well, and they only ended up losing 25-20, and they had the ball inside the 30 at the end of the game with a chance to uh, to pull it out at the end. I kind of feel like what we saw, just one game, so you know, I'm not going to overreact too much from one game, but I feel like that might be a, a microcosm of what the Patriots are going to be this year, a competitive team. Maybe they're you know around roughly around 500, but they could beat you. And they got a good defense. The Patriots' defense is very good. I thought they played, from what I saw, um, during the game on Sunday, that it wasn't the it wasn't the defense that was the problem. It was the offense. The offense came around a little bit later on, but um, they're a competitive team. That's I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll agree with that. I I checked out on that game, uh, getting ready to uh, to come tape and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and when I saw that New England had gotten back into it, it kind of had a feel like Philly went to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So I don't know. I I don't know what we learned uh, about New England. And again, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Cause I don't know what we really learned about anybody, uh, today, but, um, yeah, it, I think it's, I think you can learn something can about Miami in just one game. That one game showed me enough about Miami to, to be convinced I'm, I'm that good. they're for real. I'm good with that. All right. I'm yeah. good. I'm good with Miami, but there were a lot of one o'clock games where I don't feel like I learned shit. Yeah, all right? sure. Like I didn't learn anything about, about Baltimore. All right. Other than JK Dobbins just appears to just be unable to stay healthy. Yeah. And, he's gone and, for the year like, too. Um, Achilles, yep. And there were a couple others where I, it just kind of, oh, I, I, I don't know how much we even learned about uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati, even though the, the result was a bit of a surprise. I think we all can look at it and say the Cincinnati piece of it um, is somewhat explainable by the, you know, the lack of reps that, that Burrow got. Sure. And did the, did the Browns jump out at you? I, I'll tell you the, the, all other aspects other than the passing game, which is probably the most important that to jump out at you. All right. Whether or not he's an absolute dirt ball or not. Um, you know, that's, that's, that did not jump out at me for right. Cleveland, but all right. Chubb's ability and Watson as a runner, even though they didn't do it much, there were a couple times that, uh, you know, a couple designed runs to Watson. Mm-hmm. And so does, so does Watson kind of, uh, create a different one-two dynamic with with Chubb, you know, uh, than what he had with um, with with uh, Houston. The, nah, the other uh, dirt ball that was that was there, Cream Hunt. Oh, <laughs> you know, so so it looks like Cleveland could run. All right, it looks like Cleveland can play D. They definitely okay. can play defense. But we're not going to really know about Cleveland in, until we see whether or not. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about football. Cleveland? How do you feel about Cleveland going? In? Because that's a team that I think. A, a lot of people have slept on like everyone, you know, in AFC North, it's all, it's Cincinnati, 
and it's Baltimore. And if you're talking about a team that might surprise if Pittsburgh is getting a lot of credit, don't really hear nobody talking I like, about. I like Pittsburgh. I, I, yeah, I was, I was surprised. I, I went after, I went after a lot of Steelers in my loan, uh, in my loan fantasy draft. I thought Najee Harris would. Uh, yeah, I got Pickens. Mean, it's early as hell, but um, yeah, they they laid an egg. Brock Purdy looks good, man. It's just something about him, too. I don't know what it is. He just feels like a, a star quarterback to me. I don't know what it is. He just, for being a, a, the last pick of the draft, and he just, what is the second, going into second year, he just plays under so much control, it seems. It's just so uh, cool and calm out there. Anyway, yes, yeah, San Francisco completely dominating him. Big performance from uh, McCaffrey, of course. Going back to that browns Bengals game, though, Chubb had over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, if I'm a Bengals fan... I mean, if you're a Bills fan, which, you know, people, most people who are watching and listening are, you want to see Cincinnati lose. So that's always good. They just, I don't know, man, because that's probably the one o'clock game where I spent the most time watching. I got red zone, but I spent a lot of time watching that uh, Bengals game today and uh, just felt like they didn't even show up. You know, they, they just, they didn't show up in Burrow. Again, he's been out with the cap injury now for weeks. You could just tell uh, they had only six first downs. They only had six first downs for the whole game. Uh, an offense as high powered and balanced as the Bengals were held to six first down. So, if I'm, but I'm a Bengals fan. I'm not worried about it yet. But you certainly don't want to come out and, and stink up the joint like they did against a divisional rival. You know, uh, to start the season. So, not good for uh, not good start for them. Um, the Thursday. So we haven't talked obviously. Um, and I haven't had a podcast since the Chiefs played on Thursday. Did you get to watch that game on Thursday? I watched more of that than I do the average NFL game. Yeah, I caught a good bit of it. Yeah, that was, um, I don't know, what, what do you think about the Chiefs right now? Again, let's not go crazy. It's one game. And, of course, Travis Kelsey didn't play, and Chris Jones is still holding out. Which, by the way, Chris Jones is a big, big <laughs> loss on that team. I still, to this day, so without having to relive how bad Kadarius Tony played on Thursday night, um, Why? What's the problem reliving that? Well, it was well, funny. It, it was funny. It was horrible. It was one of the worst single performance games I've ever seen. And I put something on Twitter afterwards. Didn't really get much of a response from it. But I was trying to think of a Buffalo Bills performance that might have been worse than that—a single game performance. Not counting That's a good the, one. Not counting Nate Peterman because that would be the obvious one oh, against the Chargers. Man. And I came up with. Off the top of my head, and I haven't really thought about it much since then, but remember the 2020 AFC Championship game, what Chris Jones did to John Feliciano and Mitch Morris, but mainly Feliciano. He just absolutely abused him, and he could not block him. Chris Jones just dominated that game from start to finish. That's kind of what came to mind. Anyway, point being, that's how important Chris Jones is, I think, anyway, to the Chiefs. Yeah, man, and and uh, and Kelsey's there too. I mean, it's like you know, sure. they're probably their second and third. Uh, you know, well, I don't think there's any probably's about it. Their second and third best players on a very top heavy team. All right, so we're not talking about you know once you once you start to have to pay that quarterback. All right, you become a, a top heavy team, and they're a top heavy team with two of their top guys out. Now, the thing that I think about watching those receivers is this. Um, Obviously, it's going to take some time for them to, uh, you know, to mesh with uh, with Mahomes. But it comes down to this: if those receivers are good, like if they're actual good players, if they if they were good draft picks and they study and uh, all those sort of things, mm -hmm. then Mahomes will get them there. All right, but you know, do we really? It, 
have any idea if any of these guys are good. Are they, you know what I mean? Like, is Sky Moore good? Right. Is Sky Moore good? I have no idea if Sky Moore is good. The dude they drafted this year from, like, what was it, Rutgers or whatever? Was he Rice? Yeah, is dude good? I don't know. There's a good chance he might not be. Yeah. So if they're not good, if they don't take, you know, significant steps as as uh, as receivers as the season goes on, um, then that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So before that, for people who are watching, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, all that fun stuff. So let's continue to grow the show. But anyway, we're stuck. We both hate this shit. If you're watching this on video, we got handheld mics right now. And uh, normally we got our boom arms with the studio mics, but I had a second one come in. It was an issue with Best Buy. It's driving me crazy switching hands and doing this shit. It just feels weird to me sitting there. I'm finding my comfort zone with it. I oh, like, yeah? I, yeah, I got, oh, yeah. To, it was, I got to. I got. I got the elbow on this right here. Not me. I, watching myself is is a whole lot of fun. Like I'm, I'm totally <laughs> that guy. I can't get enough of of myself in the mirror and whatever. And it's not because like you know, I'm anything to look at. It's just you know, I mean, that's just the level of conceit that we're dealing with here <laughs> you know it's funny and I, and I but i don't think i'm looking at the camera i think i think what i'm looking at is i think i'm looking at the, the, the screen, screen and the, myself the and thus not looking at the uh at the camera at all <laughs> you know i should be used to this too i mean i literally do shows in imperial all the time where i'm holding the mics in my hand it's just i don't know it's just like i can't get comfortable today but anyway let me ask you this question so the chiefs are on one and uh, by the way, well, we'll get to the Detroit Lions in a second. The Chiefs are 0-1. The Bengals are 0-1. If you're a fan of those teams, who would you be more concerned about? Again, let's not overreact too much. But if you're a Chiefs fan or you're a Bengals fan, who should be more worried about the start for their team and how they look? Well, it depends on how, you know. Going how forward. It, it depends on how, like, you know, um, how much you have that negative energy, like if, like a Chiefs fan right now. They, I mean, they've got two recent Super Bowls, so sure. that that fan base believes that they'll overcome. It's not like you know a team that's uh, you know that struggled to win in the playoffs just just that's laid fair. that egg. They're a champion, you know what I mean, and they feel like they'll uh, they'll overcome it. I, my guess is, and I don't even know that this is right. You know what I mean? Like I don't even know that. The, that the team, you know, that the fan base that should be more worried is necessarily the Bengal fan base. I just would suspect that they are because, you know, what did they think the the natural progression would be, you know, after uh, after going to the Super Bowl two years ago? You know what I mean? They probably felt like they belonged back there. Um, and now are they going to worry like, oh, you know, th th there's probably some overreaction amongst, sure. amongst Cincy uh fans because they don't have the the title that the chiefs fans have i would i would be more worried about the chiefs just because i mean i, I feel like the Bengals are a very uh they're deep man they're well-rounded i just don't see holes on this roster i mean they certainly didn't play like it on sunday it just feels like almost too much is put on patrick mahomes i think that them, first of all, them not coming to agreement with Chris Jones, I think that was probably the biggest reason why they lost on Thursday. He's going to make a play somewhere along the way in that game, I feel like, and the Chiefs are probably 1-0 with him. But even if even if I'm wrong about Chris Jones, I just, not going out and getting a receiver, I think is going to come back and bite them. Too much reliance on Travis Kelsey, and we saw literally what happened when you don't have Travis Kelsey um, on the field. You just said it, and, and I agree with you 100%. You don't even know if these guys are any good right now. And you're messing around with the, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL, bar none. And uh, 
It'll yeah. probably be, you know, look, it'll probably be a, a, a long way from people's um, uh, thought processes by the time, you know, you look back on the season and stuff like that. And they may very well, all right, strike at the trade deadline with a guy like Mike Evans. So people wouldn't think about this at all. Um, but how aggressive or not, you know, were they with uh, with DeAndre Hopkins? Right. Um, yeah. You know, that might, that's the, the, the obvious name that sure. I think people would look at and be like, you know, how could they not go and do that if, if this is what they're rolling out at receiver? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't do something and maybe they were confident that these young guys and maybe there's somebody, you know, maybe Tony's going to have better days. He, he's a good football player. We don't know about more. We don't know about Rice. Rice had a nice little uh, rookie debut though. Um, See, hold, on, though. Like, hold, hold on. I get what you're saying. You know, you're just kind of breezing through it, but. Is he a good football player? I don't know. Is, is he is is Tony right. a good football player? Like is Brian Dable just go out and you know and 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 who's who's there? Shown is it Shown yeah, or yep. the other guys? Yep. You know, are they just trading uh you know a third round pick for you know for not a whole heck of a lot? I know he wasn't their pick. I don't think he was their pick. Um, but man, i i I'm just saying I'll put Kadarius Tony in that same boat. All right, is the Sky Moors, uh, sure. you know, and I'll maybe put those two at the very top of of that. Um, are they good? Are, are are those receivers good? Can the Chiefs still be good without them being good? Probably once they get Kelsey back, uh, you know, it'll create more space for those dudes. But um, no, nah, there's 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 reason for Kansas City fans to to be concerned because I, I just don't know that you know that uh, that the receiving group it, it, you don't have that question with Cincy. Yeah. All right, you don't have that. You know those guys are going to get right. off. Like I don't even remember seeing a ball towards. You know, did, did Higgins play? Did Higgins? He didn't have hurt? a catch today. Or what? I mean, eight, he had like eight targets too. I don't think he had a catch today. Just a on. really bad day for the Bengals. That is, that is yeah, I'm day. a little more concerned if I'm a Chiefs fan. I I think, and also another reason I was going to say I thought the Chargers were well on the way to beating Miami, and I'm like, the Chargers are really good, and. The, what an enigma the Chargers are to me because, God, they got weapons galore, so much talent on that team. And then you look at the defense, and you mentioned they got Bosa, they got Mack, they got Duran James, one of the best safeties in the NFL, and they can't stop anybody. And uh, the offensive line, which was the problem last year in injuries, it broke down when it mattered most. Anyway, the Chargers going to be Miami. I'm like, yo, the Chiefs are in trouble in their own division. So, I don't know. Again, only one, one game. Um, before we take a break, too, quick. Uh, two other teams in the AFC that people don't really kind of talk about much. It's Buffalo, it's Kansas City, it's Cincinnati. But Baltimore and Jacksonville both won today. Um, no, I'm not going to give too much credit to Baltimore. They beat Houston at home. Um, Jacksonville, though, it's never easy to win on the road. And I watched a lot of that Jacksonville game. And that's another team that uh, I think fans should be paying more attention to. I think Jacksonville, this is the year I think they become a legit contender. I'm not saying they're better than the Bills or KC or Cincinnati, but they deserve to be in the mix. I think I have no idea what they uh, what they bring to the table defensively. Uh, you know, if they if they start, I don't know how many. Times Josh Allen had three sacks today. Did he really? Yeah. Um, I don't know how much prime time you know burn mm -hmm. they they get this year, but if I you know if if I start seeing them, um, you know, play some defense. I mean, chances are they're a team that's going to be in the tournament. Um, you know, just because of where, where that division is and, and, you know, their current trajectory looks good offensively, they look good. Um, but I, I, I think I want to see just how they, uh, you know, how they stop people, 
uh, as the season progresses, and and I'll you know kind of base just how much I'm worried on about they're in a them weak, on they're that. in a weak division too. That's why I think um, I'm high on them because they're almost it's almost a lock that they're going to win the division. Which winning the division automatically means obviously making the playoffs and having a home game too. Uh, Bills will be there, of course, or not there. They'll be in London week five to play the Jags. Yeah, and then the Ravens. They're they're good. Didn't find uh, out. Didn't find out anything to me, anyways. Yeah. I, I I didn't find out anything about the Ravens. I did or, one or Jaguars. Thing. Zay today. Flowers Nothing. is good. I, I found that out about him. He had yeah. like eighty yards today. Yeah, he looked he looked yeah. fast, elusive. Um, he's their best. I think he might already be their best receiver. Not Odell Beckham, uh, Jr. By the way, I saw a stat not related to anything we really talked about, but uh, coaches making their debuts went zero and five on Sunday. And the three starting quarterbacks, the first rounders who started in their debut went 0 and 3. So, <laughs> not a good day for newbies here on uh, week one of uh, the NFL. Anyway, we're going to take a real quick break and come back on the other side and we'll get into some Bills talk. Of course, tonight, Bills and the Jets, big Monday night game. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back here. Monday edition of Talking Buffalo with my guest with me in studio. I got to get used to saying that. So, Pucks, um, do we haven't talked Bills. You know, you and I talk sporadically up until recently because, you know, we're going to be doing this podcast together. But we kind of like our conversations are sporadic. Not, and we really don't talk much about Bills. It's usually talking shit about our friends or shit going on on Twitter or whatever. Just talking shit about, you know, you tell me how bad my fantasy baseball team is and, you know, all that other bullshit. But my point is we really don't talk too much about the Bills. So some of your thoughts and shit like that. I'm actually kind of learning uh, along with everybody who, who's watching and, and who's listening to this show. All right, so obviously a big game tonight for the Bills opening up the season. Let me ask you this. Game itself aside, the totality of this team right now, you know, following the offseason, training camp, preseason, where are you at with this team right now? Um, I'm comfortable with both uh, hot takes on this team. All right, I'm comfortable with the people that want to talk about the window closing and some of the, you know, the issues uh, from the offseason, namely Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm comfortable. I don't I don't think that, you know, the national media's chirping. All right. Uh, is entirely trolling. All right, I put it that way. And um, 
Some of it is. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Uh, but I think they it, pick them fit, finish last in the division. That's trolling. That is. That is. I pay no attention to it. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, that's fine. But I also, I, I'm also just fine with the Homer take that this is as deep a roster uh, as they've put together in years. And I'll give you an example, all right? I mean, I think we were all glad to see that McDermott, this was a little weird, by the way, McDermott saying that Hyde wasn't going to practice, and then he did. You know? Right, yeah. You don't usually see that sort of disconnect, uh, you know, between the head coach. and I mean, that was weird. Mm -hmm. uh, but nonetheless, like I didn't, of course, we love we love Mike Hyde. We love the potential that he has, you know, to make plays like he did against New England in the playoffs, and, and he's just, you know, he's steady Eddie back there for sure. But did you really did you really sweat the potential of his absence? All right, knowing that you know the raps there, Hamlin's there. I mean, there's a lot of depth mm -hmm. at that position, and that's just you know that that's just one. All right, um, there are others like it that um, you know that I would be in the same same boat. You know, if if uh, if they suffered an injury that. Um, you know, that, that last year and in years past might leave us very, very thin. Um, I'd be hard pressed other than linebacker. All right. Other mm -hmm. than linebacker, be hard pressed to name a position this year where I feel like next man up would kill us. It's a good point. I agree with you a hundred percent. I, I think the strength of this team compared to last year is the depth is significantly better all around. I would say injuries that would cripple them and every single team in the NFL has three to four irreplaceable guys, essentially, you know, any team that's good anyway, obviously Josh Allen, Nichols without saying and Stefan Diggs, left tackle. If Deion Dawkins goes down there in trouble at tackle, because I, I feel like the offensive tackle depth is not good. And then Matt Milano at linebacker, they're really thin at linebacker. So you can't afford to lose him, but yeah, man, Hold on, let's play this. Let's play this out real mm -hmm. quick. I mean, I've never, Spencer Brown's never played the left side since he's come here. Nope. Right. Eddie won't. Effetti or whatever. Yep. Uh, you know, brand, brand spanking new. Or Ryan Vandemark. But yeah, one of those two guys. In, injury. I've got my guy. You haven't mm -hmm. mentioned him. All right. Injury to Dion in the game, whatever. Let, let, let's just say during the course of the game and, and uh, you know, someone's got to come in. Um, and, you know, we'll. I think I think the guys that you mentioned, you know, like like Vandermark and, and maybe even Alec Anderson is in that conversation. I think with a week of practice to go, you know, a reshuffling could take place. But let's just say mm -hmm. tonight Dawkins goes down. All right. For a stretch, not just a plug, not just a plug a play or two, but a stretch. Right. Who's the guy? I think you're going to go. I think you're headed towards Ryan Bates, right? I, I think yeah, I yeah. am. I think yeah. I, I think I am. Although I don't know if Bates has ever played the left either. And they. I'm not really hung up on left versus right, but they they very well maybe. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility if something were to happen to Deion Dawkins. Plus, I, you know, going back to the depth thing, I the depth on the offensive line this year to me is much better because now Bates is a depth guy instead of a starter, and that's in part because your rookie won the job. And I also like David Edwards a lot at left guard. Um, he played in the last preseason game when Connor McGovern got hurt. Um, he was a starter on the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. He, he's a good guard. So yeah, if those I mean, if those if those contracts are reversed, or let's just say those contracts are even, mm -hmm. all right, I think we're having a, a, oh, a more more of a conversation yeah. about left guard. I think I think McGovern's got that. Uh, um, yeah, I mean it's, it's not that he hasn't shown. You know what I mean? It's not like like he's looked like shit. Um, you know, but he was a big early signing, and I think you know that 
I think that's who they're going to yeah. run with. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I agree 100%. If the contract's weak, old David Edwards would definitely be in the mix. But yeah, the depth's better there. Leonard Floyd was a really good pickup. Again, not the most flashy pickups, but but guys like Puna Ford, who, by the way, he might not even play tonight. I don't even know what's up with that, man. I mean, I, he, I think he's I, the fifth defensive tackle right now. I mean, according to their own depth chart, they put Settle ahead of him. Um, yeah. Jordan Phillips, they put ahead of him, and Phillips got, has gotten very few. Oh, yeah. You know, very few reps and stuff like that. So we'll see. I mean, is Puna Ford, uh, uh, you know, you know, break glass in, in case of uh, a Jonathan Taylor game from two years ago? <laughs> you know what I mean? In case you're looking like you're looking like that team that, Tim that's, that's going to have the shit beat out of you up front. I like maybe. him. I like him significantly better than Tim Settle. But in fairness, I watched him at camp and he looked good in the preseason. Tim Settle looked good. In the preseason, and Ford lasted a long time in, in the in free agency. Yeah, uh, he did. I mean, that's not uh, you know, there's something probably to be to be said for that. For sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think the depth is the strength of this team right now. Besides, of course, you know Josh Allen and uh and Stephon Diggs. Another point going into the season, and again, this isn't just so much for one week. This is for you know 17 weeks. Uh, a guy that I feel like is really poised to be that next star player is definitely Greg Rizzo. I really, he looks so good at camp and he played with a high ankle sprain last year. I think he had eight sacks, five as a rookie. I could see him having 12 sacks this year easily, man. And uh, I think it was 2016. Lorenzo Alexander had 12 and a half sacks. So it's been since 2016 since anyone's had that many sacks. Um, I, You're think, a little, I, I think he's got the potential to be a Pro Bowl type player. Well, you mentioned you mentioned seeing him at camp. You're a little fanboyish with uh, with camp. You're like, anybody got an extra? I got a, anybody got, a, yeah, anybody yeah, got yeah. an extra? It worked. I kept getting yeah, tickets. You seemed like it. Yeah, we seemed well, like you were getting there. I, I went to five. I went to five practices. Um, I, I don't know. I just kind of felt like first of all, I had the time to be able to do it, and secondly, you know, if you're gonna. Now it's an even playing field for everybody because everyone's watching the games. But at camp and practice, how much can you, if you have a show, how much can you really talk about how good a guy looks or doesn't look when you're not watching it? You know what I mean? So I, that's why I made every effort. Plus it's fun. Absolutely, man. I, me, I would just I would just be talking about what everybody else is talking about. Just like, <laughs> Go, yeah, well, this dude was there. Yeah, and he, yeah, said, he says, he says, he says, training camp's fun. Training camp to me is like uh going to spring training for baseball there's like not a bad seat in the house you know what i mean you, all right you i don't want to get I don't, I don't want to get too off the the subject because i want to talk about greg so because mm -hmm. frankly well maybe i don't want to talk about him because i have no clue i don't i haven't seen anything yet that makes mm -hmm. that makes me think i mean like i don't think he looks like epinesa or boogie right. all right but i don't know that he's taking the big step but here's my thing with training camp all right and then we'll get back to it Man, I used to go when I could literally be about 20 feet away from Bruce. Smith. I remember going to a training camp one year and I was watching the defensive line and Bruce had just come back after like falling asleep, falling asleep in his car, drunk at a, yeah. at a red light. All right. And Ted Washington was just ribbing on his ass nonstop. And you could see that shit, man. Like you're right there. Like it was, it was damn, I'd be damned if it wasn't like a wooden fence or something. It was, it was right there some rickety old fence the only thing keeping you back all mm -hmm. right from watching you know a, one of the best pass rushers of all time getting his balls busted yeah. by a beloved bill in, in ted washington now the way you know you're going you're in the stands it's 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 you know a far more commercialized event i can't get there because that to me is how i'll always remember uh, how i'll always remember training you know one thing i my mic was muted for a second there sorry but anyway i was starting to say can you imagine a world 
in those days of social media with Jim Kelly, the way he was, and Bruce, and, you know, all these guys, these party, these guys were legendary for some of their off-field shit. The parties at Jim Kelly's house on Sundays, you know, after these games and, and stuff like that. But just Twitter then with those guys, that crew, that cast would have been crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's obviously it's it's the natural uh thing for us to do is to think about our old teams and how twitter would be with them mm -hmm. but i think it would be true across the uh, you know across the nfl i think and, and just sure. across all of sports you know they were just they they were partying a hell of a lot more or, or at least you know yeah no that was true right like like the old time athletes man i mean you know they were they were playing hung up just these guys they seem just a lot more in tune with their bodies and all that kind of stuff and um yeah so those guys were tying it on and and i think uh the bills are one of many teams that um um that social media would not have served well you know i talked to john fina i had him on the show recently and i asked him and i was kind of surprised by his answer i asked him if he hates the fact that twitter exists today well you know with athletes because most athletes are on social media and they tweet and stuff like that and i expected him to say that you know i I wouldn't want Twitter when he was playing. He said he he would. And the reason he gave is that it gives him, the player, an opportunity to have a defense. Like when people are criticizing them, you know, if a writer is going at them or making up stories, and he says this, you know, writers would embellish stories and shit all the time. And back in those days, they were kind of, the player was more or less defenseless to really kind of defend themselves. Where in today's world with social media, if, you know, if, Mark Gaughan writes this scathing column. He's not going, I'm just using him as an example. And he writes this scathing column on uh, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox could take to Twitter and say, you know what, that's not true. I didn't say that or whatever. You know what I mean? So that kind of surprised me that John said that. And it, and it does make sense. I remember being surprised by it when I was listening and he said that. You weren't listening. <laughs> you weren't listening and you weren't. No, I get it though. Yo, no, I get I I mean, I, I definitely get that. I think there's some guys that, um, you know, that, that wouldn't have had to be, you know, shy about it. I think there's some guys that would have enjoyed it. Sure. I kind of like doing a show with somebody who admittedly doesn't even watch or listen to the show. Yeah, I thought about that. You know, I, I have a little index card where I write down you know, like a couple <laughs> things in case, you know, I, I, I draw a total blank. I don't think I've looked at it one time, but um, that is actually one point that I that that I made about just my my general um disengagement from the from the podcast world and you know it's just uh it just doesn't make the cut man there's just so many other things you know like i'm still a video gamer man yeah you know what i mean video video gaming but um you know hopefully people look man you know are you gonna start at least watching six, your own shows absolutely dude, because listen. you admitted in the past i mean it was only audio in the past but you told me in the past you didn't even listen to the episodes that we did i'll be up watching this like <laughs> well you won't have it out but i don't know maybe you'll send it to me it'll be out like on that. It'll, if you watch it on video it'll actually be out really late on sunday going into uh monday morning dude listen i did I, I i did a game i did a, a football game on saturday that was on western new york athletics and it was an absolute dud i mean you know nothing against the teams that were playing i gotta stay away from that because 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 if I, I could get to talking about some games that i that, that i do on friday nights and mm -hmm. and if the wrong person hears um believe me believe me it'll it'll end up coming back but yeah, it was a blowout but uh, for some reason or another, Western New York Athletics was there. So, you know, as soon as I got home, I rewound that shit and watched <laughs> you watch yourself in oh, action. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, getting back to the bill. So, your take on Greg Rizzo is that you don't know what to think of him yet? You, you... <laughs> Hard hitting shit right there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, nah, man. No, nah, he, he, what do you have? Eight sacks last year? No, Bond went down last year. 
Okay. And, and I didn't get that. I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't get that step up from Rousseau, you know, and I don't, I don't think it's fair to really be too critical of him for that. Right. But in year three, and I certainly don't want to have to do it without, you know, if, if in the same set of circumstances, we'll, we'll see it. We'll, we'll get a taste of it here early without, without Vaughn. Um, and it's time to see it. You know, if that's going to happen, it's going to happen now. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen with, with Vaughn down. Um, and it, and it needs to, I mean, it, it needs to, because the ship has kind of sailed. All right. Uh, on the other two that were in the same, uh, that, that were in the same boat. I mean, sure. maybe, maybe we get a little something from Epinesa, but Basham's gone. And, and I don't, you know, I don't think that anybody's really counting on anything from Epinesa. Um, so if you don't get something from Rousseau, that's going to be a problem. You know, and, and you're not wrong about him last year not stepping up when Vaughn went down. In fairness to him, though, he did also have a high ankle sprain, which definitely slowed him down. And I think one of the, the bigger narratives about this team right now that people aren't talking anything about is Leonard Floyd. I looked it up, and I didn't even realize this. When, when the Bills signed him, he's had at least nine sacks three straight years. In the entire history of this franchise, since the first year in 1960 through now, the Bills have only had two pass rushers ever who've had three straight years of at least nine sacks. Bruce, obviously, and Mario Williams. That's it in the history of the franchise. So, I mean, they have a guy who's going to come in and should be able to get you nine sacks, even if he's not playing that much, which when Vaughn's back, he won't see as many as many reps. You don't, you don't, you don't buy it. No, I'm not buying nine. Not? I'm not buying nine sacks from Leonard Floyd because honestly, if if you have, if you're a GM in the NFL who truly believes that there's a nine sack guy sitting out there on the on uh, you know on the free agent in free agency, yeah, he was around for a long time. All right, you're grabbing him, man. You're grabbing him. I, my guess is there are some out there. Again, I don't pay attention to you know certain stats that might start to tell the story you know, before it starts to happen, not that I don't believe in him. I just don't have a whole lot of time on my hands to pay attention to him. Leonard Floyd might fall off a cliff. Could. All right. I mean, Leonard Floyd might but fall I, off I a would, cliff. You, you could be right. I'm, I'm, it could happen. But I will say there were a lot, there was a solid handful, and I can't think of them off the top of my head. Of course, I can't right now. But there were a solid handful of good pass rushers that did not sign anywhere until after the draft because teams, we're going to give them multi-year deals or whatever. And that point, they just decided to wait until the draft and see what team would need a guy, you know, or GMs would say a guy like Leonard Floyd, for an example, you know, we're interested in you, but we want to see how the draft plays out first. Or I, again, I can't think Ingram's definitely one of them. I don't even remember where he ended up going to. I, I want to say he went to Pittsburgh. He went to Pittsburgh. Ingram feels like much later than Floyd. I could be wrong, but I. Yeah, but there was like a group of those yeah, type of it. caliber players that, you know, were waiting until after the draft to see how it plays out. I don't know. I, I like him a lot. I think he's an underrated player. He's going to be. He's going into the season an underrated narrative. I think he's going to be a good player. And then the other thing, it, it's tough to put expectations on rookies, but I'll tell you. Going to camp for five days and watching practice in the preseason, the Bills and 31 other teams too, and the Bills weren't exclusive to this. They didn't show shit in the preseason. By design, we didn't see any motion. You didn't, you didn't see nothing in the preseason. I think this offense is going to be significantly different this year. I think the Dalton Kincaid effect is going to uh, is going to happen right away. I think they're going to play a ton of that 12 personnel with two tight ends out there. They call it 11 and a half personnel because he's kind of like a receiver. But whether he's playing a big slot, whether he's in line, he's an H-back, 
I think you're going to see a lot from this kid. I think the Bills got two rookies this year who are going to give us instant impact, which is not something that Buffalo rookies usually do here, man. Yeah, what's what's interesting though, and it makes me maybe a a, a, a little nervous, is um, I think everybody feels that way about Kincaid. I feel like 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 I just I just feel like everybody's expecting there to be there you know, this huge involvement with Kincaid. And that makes me nervous when everybody feels it, it, everybody thinks, you know, one way on, on something. I, cause I agree, man. I'm like, yo, like, I think he's going to catch, you know, four or five, five passes a game. And now, you know, once you start saying that, you know, you're getting up it, it, potentially and in, into a, you know, into a 60, 70 range. And that's, those are big numbers. You know, I was, you say that it makes you nervous because everyone thinks he's going to do good things. And but John Robinson for the Falcons, that's a guy, you know, he picked top 10 pick of the draft, fantasy football, early first round pick. I'm like, dude, he's a rookie. He can be that good. And then I watched him play today and he scores a just a freak move to score a touchdown. And he's as good as advertised. And I kind of feel like that is Dalton Kincaid. The thing I noticed about him watching him run routes and stuff, it doesn't even look like he's trying. It's like effortless. His hands are really good. And it's just his strides. It doesn't even look like he's running that hard, but he's, He's quick, man. I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. And we talked depth about the Bills a few minutes ago. And shame on me, not even mentioning the wide receivers, because that might be where I think the depth is the most improved on this whole roster. You lose Jameson Crowder, an injured Jameson Crowder. You, you lose a, a washed-up Cole Beasley. You lose a washed-up John Brown. And sure, they made a couple plays here and there. But for the most part, they weren't real factors. And then you go and you get Trent Shurfield, who I like a lot. And Deontay Hardy, who I also like a lot for specific roles. He, I think he's an improvement over Isaiah McKenzie. I don't know what the Bills are going to do at receiver. I don't know how much Kincaid is going to be the third guy. I don't know how much it's going to be Hardy or it's going to be Sherfield. But the options this year just seem so much better than they do last year. Well, receiver's a, a position where, you know, depth means something different than, say, safety. All right. Mm -hmm. You know, a safety depth means, hey, if one of our guys gets nicked or whatever, you know, um, we've got rap, we've got Demar. Um, you can even throw in Cam Lewis, depending upon I, I don't know what mm -hmm. they what they consider him. But um receiver depth though is guys who play, you know what I mean? Yeah. One through one through four get burned. Right. You, you know what I mean? So it's a different kind of depth. Um, and that might be just as advantageous of a roster building this offseason as the depth that guards against injury. Mm -hmm. All right, is the is the depth and the versatility uh, that you can put on the field, um, you know, with your with your skill position. So yeah, I'm pumped about uh, about Bills receivers. I don't think we're, um, I don't think we much got much going on beyond the top four. I'm not ready. Well, yeah, I mean, Shakir showed that he can catch a couple balls, but um, he's disappointing me though this summer. I sure. had high expectations of him going into camp. I was um joe miller who is a podcast over at buffalo Rumblings. i watched the practice with him and i'm telling him this guy's starting he's looking good he's not and he didn't look good i mean he's still he's a second year kid there's you know the growth potential is definitely still there for him but not a good summer for him he hurt his stock maybe as much as anyone except for terrell dodson I, anyone on this team i love us one through four at receiver i worry if we have to dig deep like yeah. Last year we had to dig deep a little bit, especially when when Crowder went down. Man, I mean, you know, Crowder was supposed to be the Beasley replacement, and the Beasley, you know, um, 
position, you know, that was a big one to Josh, you know, Josh used it a lot. And then it became, um, you know, it, it, it ended up in flux, uh, yeah. last year, almost for the entire season. I think they, um, you know, I think they have guys that can do it this year with Kincaid and Hardy. And I think Sherfield, you know, I, I think he plays it too. So, he does. um, you know, they left themselves, you know, uh, exposed last year. Um, and it so happens to be the two positions that, you know, that I've alluded to a couple times, they left themselves a little exposed to safety, uh, and they left themselves a little exposed at receiver and, you know, they built it back. I don't think safety, you, you know, again, it's not a position unless you're going to play rap with some regularity, which a lot of people think they will. Mm -hmm. All right. Safety is a guard against the aging current starters type of depth yeah. receiver is we've got guys a bunch of guys that can do different things in different spots on the field um you know sort of depth so it's a little bit different but receiver, I, you know i'm excited about receivers and that doesn't even you know that that doesn't even account for kincaid i i think yeah. i think they're pass catchers this is the best group of pass catchers josh allen's ever had yeah by, by a lot i i agree by a lot 100% agree. Um, and I really like Trent Shurfield. He could play the slot. He could play for either outside position. He could play outside in three receiver sets, and you can move Stephon Diggs into the slot uh -huh. in some looks. So I think he's going to be a really valuable pickup. And he was a guy that Miami did not um, want to lose. Let me ask you this, too, as we're winding down here. We know, like, all the positive things about the Bills. You know, what's to like about this team? A lot of them are obvious, too. But going into this tonight's game, and into the season in general, what are not counting injuries because that goes without saying, but like what are one or two things about this team that has you concerned the most? Whether they're the same talking points that a lot of people are talking about, or maybe some stuff that might, you know, fly under the radar a little bit. But like one or two of your biggest areas of concern with this team going into tonight and into the season. The schedule is tough. All right. I sure. mean, that's just that's the first one that, that that comes to mind. All right. And it's actually tonight's game. I, I have a, a bit of an opposite uh, feel for tonight's game. Like tonight's game, I think, is a coin toss. And it's not going to really rattle me if the Bills don't win it because, you know, and I, and I, I do believe in any given Sunday and all that. Mm -hmm. All right. But things get a, a little bit the easier. All right, in, in, in the weeks to come. I think the Bills can bounce back from a loss, and even though it'll drive us crazy for a week, all right, when the narrative becomes that, you know, the, the Jets and the yeah. – uh, Tuesday and, morning and the Dolphins. Yeah, Tuesday it, morning suck. ESPN first take will be every, unwatchable. Everything everything is, is still there, all right, for the Bills. Again, as far as the schedule lines up, mm -hmm. all right, uh, it's there for the Bills to overcome an opening night loss. But then it just – you know, it's, it's, it starts to get a little, it starts to get brutal just before the buy and, and, and after the buy. And those are just, man, there's, it's just a lot of games that I just call coin flip games, just about anything inside a field goal. Uh, sorry, but for me, flip a coin. Um, and those are, we're, we're not going to be a heavy, heavy favorite. We may be favored in a lot, but we're not going to be more than a touchdown favorite very often yeah. as opposed to last year all right when uh, you know it it felt like we had some games we lost the you know one of them maybe to the vikings um 
but that still bothers me. We, we just, we, you know, I, I just went into a lot games last year feeling like we're just a much better football team. And this year, and, and it all stems from the tougher division, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it all stems from two against the Jets that are no longer. They're not, yeah, they're know, not getting games, no although you only split with them anyway. But um, yeah, man, it's just it, the schedule makes me nervous and the potential, all right, for it to. Um, to get really stressful and, and, uh, you know, for, for just the, the, the dig stuff, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be digs, but you know, that type of stuff to resurface, I caught a very little bit of a pregame today. And the one thing that, oh no, it wasn't a pregame. It was, it was a bill's hype video where it started off with some, some, uh, some naysayers. Mm-hmm. All right. And, uh, and one of them was, there's just so much pressure on this team. There is so much stress around this team. Sure. And, and mind you, I actually ended up like forgetting about that because the rest of the hype video got me all hyped. <laughs> but, but when he said it, when he said it, I can't remember who it was. It was a national guy. I mean, you know, I think, you know, they, they didn't quote like a schmuck. Um, when, when he said it, I was like, man, that seems right there is yeah there's a lot of pressure on this team there is man there really is and i don't think you know i don't think sean mcdermott's in any danger if the bills underperform this year i don't think he's getting fired certainly there'll be uh you know there'll be whispers and they might turn a little bit louder about him but can josh allen win you know what i mean there's lots of things that if the bills if they don't go at least to that championship game this year um you know if they bow out in the divisional round or earlier um There'll be a lot of questions to answer. And I agree with you about the schedule. It's a brutal schedule. The division's tough. No gimme games. They're at Kansas City. They're at Cincinnati. A lot of tough games on the schedule. Um, let me wrap by asking this. And by the way, so people have asked, you know, people like to think I know a lot about fucking the bills and shit. So I'm always being, I know, I'm always being asked, what do you think about the game? What do you think about the game? I, I swear I've been asked. Who's that all asking these, you this? Why? Who's people at work, friends, family. People who, you know, think my eh. opinion matters. Right. People watching and listening to this show. Anyway, I keep saying the same simple thing because it's true. I don't know. Like tonight's game with this chess game. How do you, how do you like this game? Or do you like the Bills tonight? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect tonight. I don't know what to expect. I kind of know what I'm going to get from the Bills. Although, I, again, I think this offense is going to look a lot different than anything we've seen this summer because of Dalton Kincaid and how much more two tight end sets that they play. But I don't know what to expect from the Jets tonight. You know, you got a brand new quarterback played his first game. It's a home game. Um, does he have that built-in chemistry with these receivers yet? Um, you know, he's he's not the MVP quarterback of a few years ago, but this dude ain't Mac Jones either. You know what I mean? He's a, he is a good quality quarterback still in this league. And uh the Jets are loaded, man. The it's Jets so are- sexy. It's so <laughs> sexy. I mean, this fucking football game is yeah. so it sexy. Is. It man. really is. And even if you're not just a Bills fan, if you're just a football fan, this is a fun game to uh to want to watch. Prime time, way to open up the season. But the Jets are loaded on paper. You know, I I, re- I really think they are. I Absolutely, think defense is man. great. Garrett Wilson is going to be a top ten receiver for sure this year if he stays healthy. And you get Brees Hall and Delvin Cook. Yeah, they, like. Like, I'm okay with people that may question, you know, uh, Hall's explosiveness coming off the injury. Like, I think he'll mm-hmm. probably be on a, a on a pitch count. Sure, early on, yeah. But if he even plays tomorrow. I don't. I, I don't want to hear, 
you know, Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, is 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 maybe he's on 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 the, you know, the very beginning of the uh, of the of the back end. You mm-hmm. know, maybe maybe the trajectory is just, you know, is starting to go the other way with him. But you know, Del- Dalvin Cook also. You know, ran rampant on us. I was gonna say, like, he, like, look, he didn't fuck, look. Oh, he didn't look old and washed no, up that's last what I'm year. Saying, and, man, that long just, touchdown run, holy shit! People are just so dismissive of of him and and the running back position as a whole. And I and I get that. I believe you know in, in a lot of um you know what's happening there in terms of the you know the the dropping value of of running backs. But Delvin Cook's a good football player. Yeah, man. he is. He's a good football player, and and basically what it means is. Whether it's Hall or whether it's Cook, you know, nothing against whoever their third is, Carter or whatever, but they're going to have a stud in the backfield on just about every down. So their skill positions, all right, are, you know, they were ready-made team for a quarterback. Bills have every reason, Bills fans have every reason imaginable to fear this team tomorrow. They're going to be good. Um and I'm even a little surprised that you know the that uh, that the spread is is our way as as much as it is. You know, I got one final Bills. I guess we'll call it a hot taker or whatever. But you know, for all the talk about Josh and McGermott running the defense now, and all these with Bob Miller coming back, and all these major storylines, to me, starting with tonight's game and throughout the season, maybe one of the most top three important factors for the Bills this year is going to be is Trey White pre-ACL Trey White again because he he came back last year and all the credit to him for for coming back he just but he wasn't himself he he, he was not good let's just put it that way but he looked re- he's worked his ass off all offseason he looked really good this summer what we saw in the preseason a little bit he's got to be that guy because you know we just talked about some of these he's going to see Tyreek Hill twice he's going to see Garrett Wilson twice he's going to see uh Jamar Chase he's going to see all these great receivers and the level of play that he was at last year won't be good enough. He's got to be back to where he was, I think, for this defense and this team to be to reach their potential. Now, you're not going to get any disagreement here. The only thing that uh, um, that you mentioned there that I, I wish we would have had a chance to spend more time on, because uh, we talked a little bit about what the offense may look like. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it, and, and I mean, we talked about it from in, individual players, uh, but schematically, uh, what what uh, what McDermott calling the uh, calling the plays is going to look like is is more very very in- linebacker sets very interesting tomorrow very, very tonight. I'm uh I'm interested in seeing Christian Benford play too. Uh, I was really impressed with him this summer and good on him to be the third guy in that competition and just beat out two other guys and and win the job. I know that doesn't look good for Kyrie Elam, that's for sure. By the way, Kyrie Elam might be chilling in the same kind of gear that we are. For tonight's game, because I wouldn't be surprised if he's a game day inactive right now. Which, again, bust after you know week one of year two, no, but definitely trending in the wrong direction, man. That's not that's not a good sign. All right, most interesting fence inactive guy for you tonight. Uh, I have mine. I'd say Puna Ford. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they carry five defensive tackles tonight maybe some weeks they will but i don't think you might you you might not think this guy's on the fence but i think it'll tell us a lot about uh about especially uh you know um 
goal line and between the tackles and stuff like that. Latavius Murray for me. I, I'm mm. I, I you know very very interesting dressed or not dressed uh, guy. He's a numbers guy right now because I like him. I th- I think sure. he looked really good this summer. He's so much better in person. He is huge, man. He is so much bigger than Damian Harris. That was big for Damian Harris that last you know meaningless preseason finale, but. That was important for uh for Damian. They clearly burn. wanted to get yeah, him that burn, and score, man. And score clearly that Clearly wanted to get him that burn. That was big. Last question. And by the way, again, for people watching and listening, you're going to be doing Sunday night tapings for Monday episodes. But this week, actually, you're going to be back right with me. Uh, We're going to tape right after the Bills Back game. to back, baby. Yeah, back to back. Back last, to back. Last question here for today. Realistically, okay, and let's take, crippling injuries out of the equation because obviously if josh allen tears his knee there goes your season obviously stefan diggs a couple of those guys that we talked about but crippling injuries aside what do you record wise for the buffalo bills going into the season what do you think their realistic ceiling is how many wins they can get to like if things go right and what's your floor like again not injury count don't account for injuries because you know josh goes down they might be a four and 13 team I, I, what's your, what's your, what's your floor with this team? I hate doing it, uh, basing it entirely on record, but I get it and I can, I can still at least play along. Um, the ceiling is that even, even with the, with the schedule being what it is, is that they are every bit as good as, you know, all of the fans felt they would be with this, with the changes that they made um in personnel and and mm-hmm. scheme all right the, the the ceiling is a you know 13 you know 13 and 4 type type team mm-hmm. and you know they just like allen solidifies himself you know amongst the top three because i think there's still people out there that are like that still want to play with him outside of the top three I, I all agree. right and and i think the ceiling is you know, I said it earlier, earlier in the, uh, in the podcast that, you know, I feel like he's got the best pass catchers that he's ever had. Uh, yeah. All right. And the ceiling again is he just goes out and delivers with that group and they win 13 games, go 13 and four. And, um, you know, if, if, uh, if they do that, then with Kansas city looking like, uh, you know, already one loss on the board, Cincinnati with a loss on the board, 13, 13 and four. You know, might mean you're in you're in Orchard Top Park. Seat, uh, you know, all the way through. Um, the floor is, you know, the uh, it's nine, tough. N- nine and eight. You know, mm-hmm. nine and eight, and they miss, or a ten and seven, and a miss because a nine and eight and a miss, or a ten and seven and a miss is the same thing sure. to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Even with ten wins, no one's going to be sitting there saying, "Oh man, they they lost by a by a tiebreaker because of their their loss." You know. Because of this, uh, you know, loss to you know whether it's a, the team that beats them out or 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 a conference loss or something like that, you know, no one's gonna sit there and look at it. Even a ten-win team, all right, that misses the playoffs because of a tiebreaker, and and write it off, all right. Any miss of the playoffs, and it is like fucking a fire, sure, you know, not a fire sale, all right, but it's you know um there's there's huge changes the roster turns over and you ask me what is the floor the floor is this is a team that at least you, you know if you look at the, the the odds to you know to uh the betting odds to make the playoffs 
this is a team that probably still has a 20, 25% chance of not making the playoffs, and that would be a fucking disaster. Yeah, and look, I, I'm glad you said that because it's not fun to say or think about, but it is not inconceivable for this team to miss the playoffs. No. It's just not because no. this conference is just too damn good. You know, let's just give, for the sake of discussion, we'll give Miami the division, or you get the Jets, but let's just say Miami, okay? So Miami, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Jacksonville. There's your four divisional winners, hypothetically. You got. Baltimore, Chargers, whoever doesn't win the division between the Jets and the Ravens, it's, I mean, the Jets in Miami, there, there's, it, there's not a lock. And that's not even to mention a team that every year a team comes out of nowhere. I, mean, I was just going to say that every Cleveland. year a team comes out of nowhere. It might be, maybe it is Cleveland this year. Maybe Denver becomes a really good football cool. team this year. It's been like however many hours it's been since that game ended. I don't even know who won the Denver, Denver Raiders won. game, bro. Denver, I don't even Denver, know who won that Denver game. won. It was a close game and not not very pretty either. But point being is that there's always a surprise team too. So, yeah, man, it's not out of the realm to say the Bills can't miss a playoff. So one last thing too for people who are watching and listening. This is one thing I, I will like about having you on the show. So many, with all due respect to content creators and, and some some extent myself, I we care about kind of what's your nickname again hmm? pandering pat pandering pat at Hell buffalo yeah. wins joe he, he loves <laughs> i love that dude i used to think you and i argued and fought about everything all the time until i became friends with joe we literally fight about everything but anyway i feel to some extent content creators media people too they, they want to please the fans like they're going to say things and have episodes geared towards making fans happy when you can one thing I like about having you on the show is that you're not going to give a shit about that. You're not a, you're, you're 18 hours on Twitter are not going to give a shit or you don't give a shit about what people on, on Twitter think. I mean, you care. Hold on. Let me take that back. Cause that's not right. You're not going to say things with the purpose of, of pleasing a fan base out there on social media. That's kind of what I'm getting at right now. You're going to, your thoughts are going to be your thoughts. You're not going to gear them towards what other people might think of you saying it. It, I, I, I'm pretty sure that everything that you just said sounds sounds accurate, but I, I've been completely fixated on the fact that that my shirts come up a couple times <laughs> on the video side, and and I've I've had some belly shots. I I don't know if there's a cropping feature with no, with, no. with 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 this right here, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where my where my head's been for the uh, for for your. Uh, your last but, 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 but no i mean look I, I listened to what you said yeah man i mean I, i'm not debbie downer by any stretch of the imagination um but you're I, a nate I, gary type okay yeah I it's can, not an insult no 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 Nate's no, 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 Nate, no. He, i don't like that a little bit too you're, you're in a moment kind of reactor you know what i mean a little bit hot-headed i certainly am nate is it doesn't you I, are this is a terrible note to go out on but it does not come with the same <laughs> you know passion that it used to like i can remember right. you know we'll start and end you know with a, with a story about uh about the, the skull man i can remember scully calling me before i remember the opener too it was the the one where steve christie missed the kick against the chargers uh you know ryan leaf against flutie mm -hmm. or leaf against uh johnson i think and then flutie had to can't come in go figure um like it, I, I, he called me at like three in the morning and was just like, what's up, man? What's up? <laughs> it, it, like had no idea that it was three o'clock in the morning. It was just because there's just, you're just so fired up, man. And I know that there's people out there who still, you know, that it still moves that way. But 
I don't know, man. I'm 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 old these days, man. I'm 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 a little old. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped for tonight. I'm pumped for tonight. I'm pumped to bounce right back and uh and 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 do another one with you and whatnot. Um but I can talk fairly pragmatically uh about how I think they're they're gonna be. <laughs> I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem doing that. No, not for sure. And like I said, I like that a lot. And we're not I might be pandering Pat, but we're not gonna pander to the to the fans we're gonna call it as it is we're bills fans i'm a bills fan i say this all the time i don't try to hide from being a bills fan but at the same token once this camera's rolling and we're taping i try to be objective and, and constructively critical as necessary you don't really see well you do have a josh you got josh allen stuff but like there's not bills flags and sabers flags hanging around i try your whole your it. your whole setup is impressive i remember dude, like on the on the way out tonight i was trying to to describe it to sherry and uh um uh, you know she actually made a pretty funny joke she she said i'm i'm just i can't help but keep picturing the merv griffin show in kramer's fucking <laughs> apartment i said no i said it's not like that i said you know my guess is he's probably got like a little nook in the in in the corner of of, of a room or something like that you know that uh, that makes it look more studious on, on the video <laughs> side um but no that that mm. wasn't giving you enough credit you've got you've got fancy things in here i i mean she should be in plain katie view perry. katie perry should be in plain view of <laughs> of of the viewer um oh and then there's, there's c rob charlie my man charlie roberts the the, the front cover yep. of my man charlie Joss's roberts book. book a lot of nice uh things with uh, a little Lauren hardy little Lauren hardy down not bad not, <laughs> not bad josh a very homer very homery over here um yeah this is actually this should probably move me more than it does seeing how i'm a father of five kids but i could do without this um you know there's a meaning behind that is there yeah All right this was me and shade and it's so, it's so corny but this is true i think it's coming watching back. each other's back he's All watching right. my back i'm watching him so that's what the bears uh, with their backs to each other All right, uh, represent. It. And then my guy, I got to plug this too. My man, Tyler Dunn, The Blood and Guts. I'll tie that and say football. Great book there. But anyway, man, uh, we're going to be back tomorrow night. So, or actually tonight, I should say. Right after the Bills game, we'll recap the game and kind of set the scene going forward. This will probably be about as nice as we are to each other on this show. Right I actually now. had an uh, had an idea. Maybe what? I should t talk to you uh, about it, you know, off the pod. But what if we started the podcast at like the start of the fourth quarter and like the first 20 minutes or 30 minutes of the podcast, we're still shooting the shit about the first three quarters, but it's also, I know it's not live reactions, but it's also like, you know, it, it's also somewhat, you know, reactive to, uh, Maybe. Uh, you know, to us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be back with a new episode. Like I said, tomorrow we're going to be on every day during the week for now. And I'll be back with my man, Tone Fox tomorrow. Talk to you then. Thank you.